Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. We're excited about this new season of podcasts, and we have some incredible guests lined up for you over the next few weeks. We'll be talking to Todd Wilson, Amber Johnston, Jamie Erickson, Dr. Kathy Cook, and others. So you truly don't want to miss an episode. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, now would be a great time to do so. Today's guest is truly a joy to be around and has so much experience and wisdom to share that we're all in for a treat. September McCarthy is an author, speaker, wife of 31 years, mom to 10 children, and Nana to nine grandchildren. She's been homeschooling for 26 years. September is the author of Why Motherhood Matters. She owns and directs a hybrid homeschooling center, and in her spare time, she co-hosts the Mom to Mom podcast. She founded and owns September and Company, which I know so many of you have loved her resources and t-shirts and stuff like that. So stay tuned to hear from September right after a word from today's sponsor. Talk about good news. A video current events program has arrived to instill news literacy and biblical discernment in your family. Prepare to learn about the world and to be reminded of who made it. It turns out that watching the news can be fun. This is the stuff streams are made of, but you'll never know unless you try. Start your free 30-day trial at worldwatch.news forward slash TTD. You can even access our app for seamless streaming. World created a new code with a special offer for only the TTD audience. So if you use code TTD at checkout, you'll receive 75% off after that first month's trial. So again, go to worldwatch.news forward slash TTD to get your subscription going now. And now I am so excited to welcome September McCarthy to the podcast. September, welcome. I am so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here today. It's uh, it's always good to see you, to hear your voice. I remember that, you know, when, when we first started Teach Them Diligently 10, 11 years ago, you were one of the first people that I started getting notes from others about, you've got to connect with her. You've got to talk to her. You've got to get to know her. So you have clearly been having an impact on moms and families for quite a while. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of your own journey and, and the ministry that God has given you so that those who may not know you yet can get to know you a little bit better? Oh, I'd love to. And I love my connection with Teach Him Diligently. And I absolutely love the families that attend Teach Him Diligently. They're actually some of my most precious friendships and relationships that have lasted beyond conventions. And some of my friendships online and now in person that I've had for probably the longest that I've met wow. there at TDD. So uh, you know, I've been homeschooling for 27 years. And when I started homeschooling, like many others that we meet at conventions, it was kind of like the dinosaur age. Like no one was really doing this. There were only maybe three or four curriculum options. There were not conventions. There were not connections. And so I started writing a small blog and encouraging and asking questions and learning myself. And as I grew my family and continued to homeschool, um, I realized that a lot of us, myself included, 
there was an area of encouragement and resources that was missing. And so as I started to make connections online, I realized that all of us needed a source of encouragement, including moms that are home, homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And so I started speaking to moms um, directly in my writing and in my speaking. And it, it was a slow journey. And I really never really branched outside of my home until my youngest uh, was one and my oldest was 17. So we have 10 children. And so I never really, you know, went out and started speaking and leaving my home until that was a season that I could um, physically and I felt responsibly for myself to do that at that time. Um, and then my connections became even greater and I began to meet even more people. And so as time went on and my children got older, we began a, a ministry to moms in all generations. And from there, things have just kind of grown and expanded. And really, I just try to share what God is teaching me, not what I think is right or wrong. Um, I think sometimes our best wisdom or our best advice comes from a place of learning. So I always yes. try to share what God is teaching me um, and encourage other moms in that. So that's kind of a journey of where we are to today. Well, and I love what you said about the fact that a lot of our best lessons come from a position of learning. That is so, so important because as you're, as you're discipling your children, as you're mentoring and sharing with others that are, you know, not quite as far along in, in their journey, you have got to always be teachable and growing so that you're able to do that. And a lot of, a lot of our best conversations with our kids have come out of what God is teaching us. And so I love that you brought that up. It's, it's such a powerful tool that, that I think we underutilize a lot if we're not really keyed into it. Yeah. Right. I don't want my, my children to think that I'm just giving them a list of rules or things right. I think that they should be or things that they should do. I want them to know there's a reason behind what we're saying and that I myself have had to learn it and for other moms. And I think sometimes when other women and other families homeschooling or just moms at home um, know that you yourself have had that struggle or have come through it and have had some hope and victory, then um, it's actually much more relatable and connecting and people really listen. Oh, absolutely. Um, and the other thing I just would plug before we, we dive into anything else, one of the things that's that's been, I don't think grievous is too much too hard a word, but but something of concern is as the internet has has expanded our horizon so much, it's it's hard to know who to listen to, where to go to get solid, good information. You know, you, you can't tell if you're listening to someone who is, you know, 27 years down the road or someone who just started last week and just happens to be a really, really good writer. So you know, how have how have you found through through the years or, or how have you counseled women on how to find really solid, good information as they're looking for helps and encouragement? Mm -hmm. You know, this question, I love this question because, you know, I have adult daughters now also. So I, I started like homeschooling and coming into the internet years ago when there weren't all these people, voices, mm -hmm. and a lot of decision fatigue for curriculum and, and anything like this. And so now my daughters, you know, they have me, but I want them to see there's a lot out there, but at the same time, we've had the same discussion and I have teen daughters also. So even guiding them through the internet and guiding them through which voices to listen to has been a conversation 
that we've had in our home. And um, a few of the things that I myself have had to um, follow and we've had in this conversation are, um, one, are they using scripture um, to share what they have to say, or is it basically their own opinion and they're throwing in some scripture? Mm -hmm. I think that's really a, probably my top thing. And then when it comes to um, parenting advice and curriculum or anything like that, I think that it's good to look at their seasons and where they've come from. Um, it's good to look to see if they are genuine and living out what they're saying, or if it's just a pretty Instagram or social media post. I think it's important to um, kind of know what they believe, uh, their, you know, their doctrine and where they're coming from. A lot of curriculum or even advice from other parents can be laced through a filter of convenience in our parenting and things like that, rather than what does the Bible say? Um, what is loving, what is correct, what is truth. And so those are some things that we've kind of talked about in our family. And then my number one thing is if you have any red flags, and sometimes we do, and we ignore them yeah. because it's appealing, then, you know, that's important too. Absolutely. You know, we, we talk a lot in homeschooling about helping our children be critical thinkers. And it's so important that we are actually adopting that as well, that we are discerning, that we are thinking critically about what we are, what we're bringing in, because what we are reading, the ideas that we're getting, the, the principles that we're following is profoundly impacting our children, our relationship with our spouse, our relationship with others in the community. So it's really important to to just be very discerning, to be critical in your thinking and to do to do some research on who you're listening to because there are so many voices out there. And I love how you noted the decision fatigue. It's, it's overwhelming the amount of stuff that is out there kind of just begging for us to, to turn our head and look at them. Right. Yeah. I always ask my, my teens, so why are you drawn to this person? Let's say on Instagram. Um, you know, why, why is it because everyone likes them, which isn't always bad. Um, right. And do you like what they're sharing and content like that? And, and I think that goes the same for us when we're looking at homeschooling families and people to listen to and advice like, um, you know, I think it's just very important for us to ask ourselves, why, why are we drawn to them? And that usually will tell us a lot about ourselves as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that was that was an unplanned detour, but I'm awfully glad that we took it um, yeah. today. Today, we had actually planned to kind of follow up on the conversation that David and I had on Tuesday about redeeming the season and and really looking at how as parents, we can be invested and in taking advantage of the moments right where we are so that we're laying a foundation, building for the future where every season is just going to get better, which is honestly what I have, I have seen to be the case. I, every new thing we come into, I'm like, oh, now this is my favorite. Um, and I imagine that you've seen much of the same, but, but you have parented through uh, really all of the seasons. Now you've, you've kind of come your, your grand Anana, I think is what it, what you're called. You're Anana to, to nine now. Um, that, how have you seen looking back, how have you seen those different seasons uh, kind of ebb and flow and, and, and what are some of the realities in each of those? Oh, I just absolutely love every season except for maybe the sleeplessness, you know, yeah. that comes 
um, because it's hard to parent well when you're tired, right? And I think mm. uh, there's just tiredness in every season. So let's let's just lay that out there, you know, teens and everything. But um, I have just been so blessed to have the ability to parent through three decades, three wow. generations now of um, children, of family. And now I'm even offered the opportunity to come alongside my adult children. They've allowed me into that space to help raise or disciple their children, which is truly an honor. That's not, I don't think that's always normal. Uh, maybe because of distance or opportunity or trust, whatever that is. Um, but I just feel so blessed. And I, and I do want to say that because sometimes you know, motherhood, homeschooling, all of those seasons are sometimes, I can't wait until they're gone. I'm glad they're on their own. And I am just, um, I thought maybe I might feel that way, but I don't. And here I am on the other side of some of my children leaving home and being married. And I'm just so thankful that I can still be a part of this discipleship process and, and, and raising children. Um, but I feel like it's important to say that every season is just as important. Um, I feel like when our children are younger, that is a time for discipleship. Um, it's a time of teaching mm -hmm. and creating moments of fun and wholesome learning and just enjoying um, being their parent. But it's a time of discipleship and training. And I feel like we should redeem our time in that space, like not wait until they're older to do that. Like it's such a formative time of their life. Yes. And I still do that with my grandchildren as well. Um, you know, that's a, that's a place that my adult children have allowed me to speak into my grandchildren. And even that's a special opportunity um, for grandparents to be able to do that. So even if I'm a grandparent of little ones, um, you know, you can still disciple. So I think mm -hmm. that continues on that piece. You know, and then in the middle years, I feel like we've taken, we, we should take all of the things that we did when they were younger and fine tune. Yes. So those middle years, you're fine tuning our discipleship, like really narrowing it down into areas. We're fine tuning what their interests are. Like, what are my children's interests? Now they're not just going to play with everyone and enjoy everything. And um, now we're fine tuning their interests and how we disciple them. We're fine tuning their friends and they are as well. We're fine tuning opportunities that we offer them. It's that's just not a play date for everyone or, you know, let's try everything to see what you like. Now we're right. fine tuning. I like to think of those years for that and fine tuning our relationship with, with our children. And then I think when they move into the teen and young adult years, it's really more two things. And that is having a secure foundation mm. and a secure identity and a secure, um, a secure theology. I feel like three things are so important. And um, then when we launch them, then it's almost like a reward. You right. can see all, all those things come together. So, you know, that's what I, I've seen throughout all the seasons. Well, and I couldn't agree with you more. You've got, I, I wish that the young moms who are just in the heavy physical hands on you all the time stage 
fully could grasp the beauty of those that foundation that they're laying for relationships because it is during that time it is when you you care about whatever it is that they care about you get down on their level and you listen to them and you play with them you're building this foundation for a relationship so that when you get into those middle years where they're insecure and they they are just really searching for who they are that that identity element really becomes um kind of front and center during those middle years when they're, you know, the hormones are raging, they're, they're figuring all this stuff out. You're the one that gets to be, you know, come alongside, put your arm around them as they're crying and just, you know, guiding them through those difficult kind of transitional years. And then when you're in the teen years and everything is kind of nuancy and you're just kind of swimming in the gray all the time, that foundation that you're building while you're, you're with your littles, is the the foundation on which those deep, wonderful conversations with your teenagers and young adults stand. And so the work that you're doing at all of those stages is profoundly kingdom-oriented, heart-focused work that, like September noted, pays off in ways that it just we couldn't even imagine as our kids are older and launching out and, and starting their own lives. And you can see, wow, despite all the pulls and the tugs and the friction and all of the things that that really kind of scare us sometimes where we have to just hand it over to the Lord. Despite all of that, that foundation is holding sure. And, and these are some really cool people that we get to hang out with now as they're young adults. Mm-hmm. Right. hundred percent. I agree with all of that. And I, I think if, if there's moms, young moms listening, I would just want them to know that the entire journey is difficult. It's hard, but I want them to know that there's so much reward. Like I said, Mm -hmm. when I first started talking, like there's so much reward on the other side of this work. Like it's not just all work and then they're gone. And it's a reward as an eternal, as a reward as seeing the fruit. And it's a reward as in a relationship. We have, we can have such great relationships Mm -hmm. with our children. And um, that's my favorite thing, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, we have, our oldest is almost 23 now, but he's still finishing up college. He, he lives here. All four of my kids at this moment still live here. Um, but it's so cool to have these, these young men, 20, uh, 22 and 20, you know, we're kicking them out of our room still in the <laughs> way later than we would like to go to bed because they're still telling us all the things that pop in their head. They're still mm-hmm. coming in to share with us what they're learning, what's, what funny thing that happened, whatever. And that is an amazing, amazing thing. And I am so grateful. And, and I just would encourage, it's very it's very tempting to always be looking ahead and thinking that it'll be easier or it'll be better, or I can't wait until whatever. And I just want to encourage you to savor every single moment, exactly where God has you and invest yourself deeply in that season, because that's where you're building the foundation for the awesome next one and next one and next one. I, right. And I, and I think sometimes as moms, we think I just can't give anymore. I hope this mm-hmm. gets easier because it is, it is exhausting. It is. But, you know, I feel like sometimes at the most exhausting moments, God allows me to see a peak, like a little insight into what's coming. And then I'm thinking, wow, I just did not know that that time I had spent with them or when it felt really hard, that really had made such an impact. Like it really gives me 
Um, God has allowed me to see little pieces of things like that. And all of the times that we spend with them and savor and enjoy that is building that relationship. We don't, I cannot stress enough the value of that, that you were saying to just savor and invest into your relationship. And I feel like that looks like allowing them to see us be humble, Mm -hmm. allowing them to see us learn with them that we don't know at all, allowing them to know that we will give them grace in the growing process, because those are the elements to any good relationship. And so when they're older, they, they will say, thank you. They will say, remember when I was going through a hard time and you didn't just kick me out or, you know, scream at me or, um, give up on me. Do you remember when you did that? That really was Hmm. pivotal in my life. They will say those things. And we just don't know right now in the, um, hard work, what those moments are doing for the future. We just don't know until it's time. And then it's so, it's so encouraging to see that the Lord uses all of it. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's really why it's so important for us to stay on our knees, to stay in God's word, to be seeking his wisdom and his guidance with every stage of parenting, because there are those moments where you know, you, you look back and you realize I just opened my mouth and the Holy spirit came out because you have these conversations or you react, like you were noting, you react in a way that you're like, that is not my first instinct there, but God answers those prayers in a thousand little ways throughout each and every day as we're parenting and seeking his face. And sometimes it's not until we look in our rearview mirror a little bit to see all that he was doing in those moments. But it's so important for us to just be faithful step by step by step, staying in his word, staying before the throne, praying for our kids, praying for wisdom, praying for our spouse so that we can do this and prepare them well all along the way. Mm -hmm. Yep. Amen. So September, I imagine that, um, you know, we, we kind of have tossed out, both of us have said, have kind of alluded to some different seasons in which there have been friction. And I know that, that those times of friction are a huge source of fear. Like I, I can, I can speak from, from experience. You, you fear for your relationship with them. Will this, with all of this friction damage that you fear for the decisions that they may or may not be making? Um, you know, that is when fear really, really becomes a temptation with, with all of the children that you have raised. I am confident that you have been through some seasons like that. So for those moms that are kind of entering that or looking ahead or in the middle of that, what would you say to those in those more friction filled seasons? Right. And I think it's important to, to, for moms that, um, see people like myself or other people online have large families speak at homeschooling conventions or for or to moms and parenting to know that there will be hard times and that I myself have experienced them I've often had comments to me well um, you're so lucky that you don't have any strong-willed children and I just internally giggle because that is so far from the truth Um, (laughs) you know we don't always see those moments online and and I think that's because it's hard for us to one we want to honor our children and two the privacy of it and two we're still working through it we're still we're still learning and growing and so this is what I myself have taken away from moments like that. Um, there have been numerous times that 
we've had friction with some of our children. Um, let's say for in homeschooling, I just want to use a few examples because mm -hmm. it could look different. It can look different. It could be a child's character. It could be their their academics. It could be their decisions. It could be their attitude. It could be um, their identity. It could be anything. And all those things do create fear for our relationship, but they also create frustration because sometimes we feel helpless and hopeless. And so for my choices with, uh, and I've shared this before, like when it came to academics, if, if um, there was friction or a difficult situation in my homeschool environment that was causing so much strain on my relationship with my child, I chose my relationship over yep. their academics. Yep. And so I would find a tutor or another solution for that child's homeschooling or their academics so that I could keep my relationship or actually work on it. And I didn't allow my homeschooling um, title or pride to become more important than my relationship. So I think, you know, because of who we're talking to today, I feel like that's a really important thing someone may need to hear. Yeah. I've had to make that decision. Yep. It was painful. It was painful. I got a lot of questions, but you know, we had someone tutor one of my children for two whole years. They did great. They responded great. And I was able to kind of, I don't want to say salvage, but redeem that relationship yeah. um, as their mother daughter, as mother daughter. And then um as far as fear over like their um, spiritual life or their, their character or their decisions, that's, that's heavy. That can mm -hmm. be really heavy because fear sometimes will dictate our responses. And I have had to learn to put trust and hope in place of fear, because when we allow fear to dictate our responses, we become controlling. We become even more controlling. We think we have the ability to control the outcome when we allow fear to dictate what we do. So I may be fearing how my son is going to do when he moves out because he's already you know, displaying behavior that is irresponsible or um, he's not in the word and I'm afraid of his um, worldview, things like that. And so we have discussion and then I have conflict and it creates fear. So X, Y, Z happens. And I've discovered that sometimes, you know, kind of stepping back from the situation and praying, of course, first, and then telling them, like I have said to some of my children in these moments, I see what you're doing. I'm not sure I understand it. And this is what I see, but I'm trusting and praying that the Lord will speak to your heart and to your mind, because I know that his word says, and that this outcome for you will not be good. I've seen it happen. And this is what the outcome will be if you stay on this path, but I can't change this for you. It will have to be you. And this is what you can do instead of just reacting. And um, the Lord has just kind of turned it around because I'm, I'm stepping back, but I'm still involved. Oh, absolutely. And in those times, um, you know, I, I love how you, how you overlaid trust and faith and hope rather to replace that fear. That is, that is truly a discipline, um, that you have to just make the decision that you're going to do and move forward with it, it is not what's going to happen naturally because naturally we lean into our fear and it can paralyze us. It can make us make bad decisions. It can make us be very reactionary. Like you noted, um, but another thing that I would just encourage everyone with is when you're in those times of friction, one of your best tools of, of all is questions rather than going at them, 
you you question them, you you get them thinking, you know, I worked at a Christian camp when I was younger. And one of the things that they taught us there was that that questions prick the conscience, but accusations harden the will. And I have found that so many times as I have been parenting, if I, when every part of me just wants to scream out with accusations, because I know what they're doing is so wrong. But when I pull back and I allow the Lord to give me the grace to ask questions, usually that, that allows them to start talking and it gets us to a point where we can have a conversation about it rather than, you know, hunkering down in our two positions and getting nowhere. Right. That's good. That is really good. And, and we, I think even with little kids, you know, asking questions is so important. You just all through all seasons of parenting, yeah. we really want our children to own their decisions and their faith. And I think asking questions is the best way because it gives them the thinking, like we said earlier, the critical thinking, and it allows them to own their words and their exactly. decisions. Well, and it makes them, it makes them think through things that they wouldn't have otherwise. It makes them kind of step back and evaluate where we can direct them through, even though we're not saying, okay, we're directing you to evaluate your, you know, we don't, we don't go down that road, but mm -hmm. practically speaking, we are allowing them to think through at all these different stages. So we're giving them a much more solid foundation for, you know, when they're little for what they believe, why they believe it. We're talking, we're having those conversations. We're engaging on their level and giving them much more than just that, you know, there's, there's a stage and a season for, because I said, so, and then you move into a whole lot more teaching and a whole lot more training and a whole lot more buy-in sounds weak, but that's really, I mean, you, you really want them to buy in so that these, they start getting a rudder of their own to make decisions as they go forward. Right. Yeah. I always tell my kids, I, I like to use the word ownership. You know, I, at some point you're going to have to own this. This is going to become yours, this faith this walk, this talk, what you choose, your decisions, your friends, all of the areas, it won't be because my parents said so. Right. You know, that's a slow process over the years. And in, when I, we spoke earlier about the middle years and I use the word fine tuning, you know, that's what, you know, I know it's kind of relating to like, we give them discipleship when they're younger and training, but when those middle years hit probably seven, eight, nine years old, we start asking questions. We start giving them the language. We start asking them, you know, why did you do this? Whether it's negatively or positively, and it allows them to think, and it's really fine tuning. And I actually love that stage. It's one of my favorite stages mm -hmm. because you see so much growth in those years. Yes. Um, so well, and yeah, it was always one of my favorite too. And especially when you kind of step back and you recognize if they weren't with me, when they're, they're going to be asking all these questions, they're going to be kind of putting out feelers and trying to figure out all of these things. If they weren't with me, somebody else would be directing those, those thought processes and someone else would be the one that they're going to for comfort or for guidance or whatever. And I'm that was the time I think when more than ever, I recognized the power of what God had allowed me to do and had called me to do. Mm -hmm. Right. I know a lot of us think what a great responsibility and yes, it is, but I think what a great privilege and no blessing. question, no yes. question at all. Well, and, and with that said, I wanted to, you know, we're, we're kind of winding down our time here, but I wanted to, to ask you about, I, uh, you wrote a book called why motherhood matters and just yeah, this, that isn't the whole purpose of this podcast, but I do want you to encourage moms really quickly with why, why does motherhood matter? You know, we're in a world where it, 
the world's lost its mind and motherhood seems to be the last thing on people's minds. But motherhood is the greatest privilege, the greatest call. Why does it matter, September? I am just so passionate about this. And I think it's because a lot of times we just kind of suffer through motherhood. Mm -hmm. And I early on had to shift my perspective to realize every little thing I'm doing right now now matters. The hope and salvation my children have, the discipleship, and rather than thinking of it as something mundane and we have to get through and I'm just stuck at home, if we consider everything we're doing, it matters for our children, it matters for future generations, it matters um, for their their soul and eternity and their education. Everything that we do is a privilege and mm. it has to, it should be purposeful. And so I just would love to see the generations of moms coming up behind us coming off of a generation of very strong feminine feminist culture to embrace this motherhood as a real job and yeah. to see it as a privilege and not just something they're stuck doing. Absolutely. And you know, what God allows us to do in, in even kind of multiplying our impact on the world. You know, I, I have four kids. I get to multiply my impact on the world by four as I'm pouring into these, these young people who now can go out and do amazing things. And it is, it is an awesome, awesome thing. When you kind of step back and you look at that, um, God is so good and so gracious to give us this call of motherhood. Amen. He really is. Yep. Yep. Well, September, we are about out of time. Can you tell everybody before we go though, where can they find you? How can they connect with you? Um, and anything else that, that people need to know before we, before we say our goodbyes. So yeah, I, uh, everyone can find me. I'm really on Instagram a lot right now, but September, um, and coshop.com is really where I am spending a lot of my time and September and with an E on Instagram is where I really spend a lot of my time right now. Um, so I, you know, speak and do different things, but that, that's where I spend a lot of my, share my resources and my thoughts right now. I'll be, um, putting out some more resources soon, but well, yay. And I always, I always love to watch this, the reels and stuff that come through the way that you present your t-shirts and stuff. Y'all just do a great job. It's super fun. Um, lots of encouragement to be found in just little bitty doses, which is always a great thing. Thank you. Well, you are welcome. Well, September, it has been a joy to, to hang out with you again today. And I'm so grateful to you for, for sharing what you've learned and the things that you have, have kind of noticed through the years. That's, that is just a true treasure. And I, I'm sure that everyone who is listening in has been encouraged and helped and probably wants to listen to it again, just to make sure they didn't miss anything. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Leslie. Well, you are welcome. Everyone else, thank you for joining us today. I know that this has been um, just a really great, helpful, encouraging episode for you. Uh, if you want to make sure that you get those links, get those resources that September was telling you about, check the show notes. We're going to leave all the links in there for you. Um, also want to encourage you, if you're not getting our Sunday night homeschool subjects newsletter, be sure you go to homeschoolsubjects.com and sign up for that. 
every Sunday night around eight o'clock Eastern time, we send this out. It's got a little bit of teaching. It's got a lot of links and, and other resources highlighted for you so that in 15 minutes, once a week, you can truly set the course for your entire homeschool week and, and get it off on a right foot. So go to homeschoolsubjects.com to sign up for that. Um, I'll also link that in the show notes today, but um, just a really great place to get good information and constantly updated resources, news, that kind of thing that you're not going to want to miss out on as a Christian homeschooling family on mission. So have a wonderful rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.